Welcome to the Anonymous Podcast. This episode will be a guiding principle study and commentary. The aim is to provide insight to and context of the material within our book, Guiding Principles. This is not a meeting of Narcotics Anonymous. However, there will be some similarities in how the study will be conducted. Each study will have the audio recorded and then published to the Anonymous Podcast. The overall goal is to provide commentary of the text towards reaching those seeking a resource like this. If one person benefits from our efforts, including us, then the participation will be well worth the effort. We'll have the introductions and then we'll jump into the text. Enjoy. Welcome back, everybody. This is Guide and Principles Study for the Anonymous Podcast. This is episode 37. We're going to begin on page 68 with the questions for members. But first, we're going to give our introductions. Eric, you can jump in and introduce yourself, please. Hey, uh, I'm an addict. My name's Eric. Uh, from the Sun Coast of Florida, my uh, home group is a uh, Friday night clean in Bradenton. Oh, my clean date is uh, September 16th, 2019. Hey, Eric. What's up, Carl? Hey, everybody. I'm Carl. I'm an addict. My clean date is January 6, 2015. <clears throat> my home group is Open Mind, New Orleans. Thanks, Carl. What's up, Phil? I'm Phil M. Uh, my clean date is 4-19-95. My home group is uh, Men in Recovery in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And I do um, um, recovery in, in the Pittsburgh uh, area, Pennsylvania. Thanks, Phil. What's up, Melissa? Hi, y'all. My name is Melissa, and I'm an addict. My clean date is May 21st, 2015. Um, I go to meetings in New Orleans and Slidell areas, and my home groups are Freedom and Change, Monday at 7 o'clock, and Spiritual Ninjas. Grateful to be here. Melissa, what's up, Donna? Hey, everyone. My name is Donna. I'm an addict out here in Eugene, Oregon. My clean date is no Thanksgiving Day, 1985. I attend meetings here in Eugene and online. Come see us sometime. Thanks, Donna. What's up, Chrissy? Hey, y'all. I'm Chrissy D. My clean date is 11-17-2015, and my home groups are, uh, there seems to be this alternative, and Courage to Change down in Albany, Georgia. Come see us. Thanks, Chrissy. What's up, bro? You're still muted, Brooke. Oh, good. Hello. Can you hear me? <laughs> My name is Brooke T. I live in Colorado. I attend meetings in Mile High area and Boulder area and online. My clean date is 6-16-1997, and my home group is Just Can't Miss It on Wednesday nights. All right. Thanks, Brooke. And I'm Attic. Name's Douglas. I go clean March 12, 2000, the southwestern PA, and I stay in the Raleigh, North Carolina area now. So, all right, folks, let's get started. Episode 37, page 68, question for members. Tradition four reads, each group should be autonomous except the matters affecting other groups or NA as a whole. And then if we go to the question for members section, it reads, the questions below offer a way to begin or continue the process of writing, reflection, and discussion of this tradition with your sponsor or other NA members. So I'll read the question and then we'll start filling up the queue for, uh, for comments. So question number one. In NA, what is the difference between personal autonomy, my will, and self-will? Somebody like to start us off? So the question reads, what's the difference between personal autonomy, my will, and self-will? Donna. Thanks, Douglas. You know, I was thinking uh, about that personal autonomy, and I'm not so sure that we discussed that very well um, before. Maybe we did, and I'm just not remembering. But on the page before, it just talks about um, it, uh, personal autonomy looks a lot like self-determination, right? And uh, for me, it has been about um, being able to decide for myself what my life is going to look like what's important to me, what my own values are versus what societies are, my neighbors are, my partners are, you know, and, um, and then the difference between that and my will and self-will, right, right, we, uh, in fellowship, self-will is something that is uh, frowned upon, self-will run riot, 
right? Like, gotta have, I gotta have it my way. This is the way it's gotta be. And, you know, I guess the thing that I've learned is that um, I'm a strong enough person and have a strong enough personality that I can make a lot of stuff happen. But if I step out of the way and allow things to unfold more naturally and follow the process, I'm so much happier with the outcomes, right? It's pretty often, pretty normal for me to regret something that I have forced to happen, right? And then I guess the thing about all of that, the personal autonomy and my will and self-will and all that kind of stuff is to remember that um, what I do really ma does matter in my small world. It really does affect other people, you know, and to, um, and to remember that I'm not just in my own little bubble, just doing whatever I want without any, and assuming there's no consequences to anybody else for that. Um, so yeah, I think that's it for me. Thanks. Thanks, Donna. Come on in, Phil. Uh, good stuff. Uh, I'll be real quick. Uh, uh, when I saw that, the only thing I could could think of when I when I saw that together, the personal autonomy, my will and self will, I, I just thought right away, there's really not that much difference. And uh, governing, uh, uh, ruling in, in something, ruling any, anything ruling in, in my home group and uh, things uh, that's a um, no, no. So, so my will and, and myself will, anybody trying to rule, govern or boss or dictate or, or whatever uh, in me, um, it would, it's just about the, the, the same. It's about one in, in, in the same for me. And that's how I'm going to comment on that. Real thoughts, Phil. What's up, Brooke? Hey, so really, it, in a word for me, it's motive. Once I figure out what my motives are, um, then I have an answer to that question. Because there are many different uh, ways that I can behave that... Um, that could fall into any category, depending on what I'm, you know, what my motive is. Because when I'm bossing people around, which I do, um, and trying to control situations, which happens, um, then uh, that's usually what I'm trying to do is just like get some power. And it has nothing to do with like I'm not helping anybody. I'm not, you know, I'm not in my. I'm not working on my relationship with a power greater than myself. I'm not connected or anything like that. I'm just like. Hello, I am the most important person in this room and you must do what I say, <laughs> you know, as an example. Whereas like um, I could be involved in a group and be really, really work really hard um, to make some stuff happen, but I'm working with the group. And so we're all working really hard to make something happen, you know? And so that that's a little bit more, um, a little bit more about my personal autonomy where I would bring my personal um, skills to something to make it happen rather than like trying to control it or make myself feel better about myself or something like that. So, thanks. Brooke, what's up Carl? Yeah, kind of, I guess I feel like there is probably a difference between my will and self-will. I mean, it, it's even in the the step guide, it does talk about that in 11th step where it talks about our own true will does align with God's will. And I think that through the process of the steps, we start to get further and further away from self-will where I'm relying on my past. I'm relying on emotion, you know, because like for me, my third step, how I practice making a decision to turn my will in my life over, what I do is I'm asking people, hey, is this crazy? You know, in, in order to get away from self-will and to align myself with God slash my true will, you know, and I think that that's a big piece. I mean, it, but we do have personal autonomy. I can still say, fuck, I'm not listening. I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. I can still act on self-will. I can still, you know what I mean? I can, or I can say, you know what? I've talked to three or four people, you know, what sounds like a good informed decision, I'm going to make this. And typically when I, when I practice that, because I've practiced that for a long time, because in realistic, I don't really believe in a theist type God. So, I mean, I practiced it by how I turn my will in my life over as I talk to a few people that I really trust and that they would give me the best information that they possibly could have working steps for 30 plus years. And I'll follow it regardless of how I feel about it. And usually that always works out and it's been working out for me for years and it keeps me in a great deal of peace. 
you know, and um, so that's the part I think I really do love that about the step working guy because like I've heard it said before, you know, the ability to choose is not a curse and it shouldn't be like, oh, self-will is terrible thing. No, we have the ability to make good choices today. You know what I mean? It's just up to us and our personal autonomy to actually make those good decisions, you know, because we do have free will, you know, we do have the ability to choose. Um, so really it's just the importance of what we choose. Thanks. Those comments, Carl. All right, folks, jump down to question number two. It reads, how do I practice autonomy as a member of the NA fellowship? What does autonomy mean to me in the context of my personal recovery? And then in NA service. Melissa, jump in. Yeah, so I do like this question. So um, just to kind of review, and a definition of autonomy is the right or condition of self-government and um, freedom from con external control or influence, like independence. And that's just from Google. It's not in the <laughs> NA book or anything. But yeah, so um, as a member of the NA fellowship, like I'm free to like choose where I wanna go to meetings. You know, there's different elements of the program. I have the ability to choose if I wanna do this or if I wanna do that. I mean, there's members that like choose not to work steps, they choose only to go to one meeting, you know, they choose to, you know, it's like, we actually have complete freedom of choice, you know, in this fellowship. And then it goes on to say, what does autonomy mean to me in the context of my personal recovery? So for me, it, I mean, it's a lot of that, right? Like I choose like what meetings I want to go to. Um, I choose the pace that I work steps at. Um, and I do my best to be consistent with that. I choose how often I call my sponsor. Um, with almost seven years clean, I usually call her about every seven to 10 days. That's just what works for me. And um, that's a personal choice, you know? And of course, if the more things are going on, I definitely call her more, but, and then um, let's see. Also, also like in my home group, like what am I willing to do within my home group? You know, cause that gives back to me. That's definitely a part of my recovery. And who do I want to reach out to? Who do I want, who do I want to build connections with? And the next part is in NA service. Like what part of NA service do I want to be in? Do I just want to be of service to the home group? Um, for me, I'm a member of my home group. I do H&I. Um, I go to different meetings and I do believe sharing is um, an element of service. And so of course I participate in that whenever an addict needs a ride, I give them a ride. Um, I encourage others to like go out to eat. I invite everyone, even if I haven't met them before. Um, Carl knows that. And then uh, I, I go to, I go like all over to like conventions and reach out and like I build like a really strong foundation and like Narcotics Anonymous doesn't like tell me I have to do any of that, you know, um, but I do it because that's my personal choice. That's like uh, my autonomy in action. So that's all I got. Thanks. Thanks for those comments, Melissa. What's up, Chrissy? Hey y'all, uh, grateful to be here. Um, it's kind of like along the lines of just like what Melissa was saying, like um, how do I practice autonomy as a member of the fellowship and what does it mean to me in my context of my personal recovery is I got choices today. Like uh, I got choices of uh, what higher powers I have. I got choices of how I work my steps, you know, uh, with my sponsor, you know, I've did it through the, the workbook and I've did it through worksheets. You know, not everybody does it like that or what meetings I go to or, or where I decide to serve at. And like those things are very, it's a gift to me today. And it, it's a really big gift of getting to be myself. And it, it said back in the beginning, um, what we had said, it said our task is to ensure that we, uh, when we exercise autonomy, we do it to enhance, to carry the message rather than interfere with it. So like uh, with autonomy and the whole tradition, like, what I'm doing is for me and am I coming into these meetings forcing my way or am I stepping on people's toes or am I just letting people be in their autonomy as well? Because like what I say works might not work for the next addict, it only works for me. And that's just where I feel like with uh, my personal recovery is and the autonomy piece today. That's all I got. Thanks, Chrissy. All right, folks, let's jump down to question number three. It reads, what is the relationship between my personal autonomy and our common welfare? 
And then the second part, how do I strike a balance between my wants and needs and the good of the whole? And I'll start off on that one. Um, so the relationship between, uh, so my personal autonomy, and, and I agree with a lot of what's been said, um, you know, I can choose, you know, who I'm going to ask for a sponsor. Like if I, I look at this question, right, in the context of, you know, in, in A, my personal autonomy allows me to do that, right? Who, who, who I ask, what meetings I go to and stuff like this. But I think the relationship with the common welfare would be as long as my personal autonomy doesn't impact um, negatively the, the, the common welfare. And it would be it would mean this. The two pillars that that uh, I think the basic text is really clear on complete abstinence and 12 step work. If my personal autonomy would say, hey, uh, I want to talk about not practicing complete abstinence or not practicing 12 step work, I do think there's my personal autonomy is, is, is impacting the common welfare negatively on that. So, so I can see that um, maybe being an issue there. And then the balance between, so my wants and needs and the good of the whole, it was an awakening of my spirit when I realized like I'm part of the, I'm part of the, the, the good of the whole, the, the greater good. Um, it's not my will versus ever, you know, the, 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 the goodwill. Now I'm, I'm part of that. And that's the awakening of my spirit when I realized, no, hold on, I can align myself up with this greater good, right? And, and, and I heard this one on this meditation app, it comes through uh, whenever I hit the thing, a little saying and stuff. And the one was really cool. It's like, when you realize that you're in flow with, or when you realize that you're, you're, you're doing, oh, fuck it. it it's it, what it meant to say was, <laughs> I can't remember how it said it, but it was like, when you realize like you're in the current, like you're going with the current of like life and the good, you know, the good in life. And then that's all the force you need. And it was really cool. I looked at it. I was like, wow, that's, that's kind of awesome, man. You know, I align myself up with that and, 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 and that's what I need. So those are my thoughts on number three. Anybody else want to jump in? Our folks want to drop down to number four. It reads this. How can I exercise personal autonomy in a way that benefits our common welfare? In what ways could my choices seem to compromise my relationship with NA? And how can I reconcile my personal autonomy and my fear of being judged? Yeah, Brooke, come in. I see you leaning in. Come on with it. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess the first thing, um, that I think I've said this before is, um, I mean, really when I focus on what a healthy life looks like, um, I need to be connected to a group. So any group, any healthy person is somehow connected to, they have a tribe. So um, anytime that I choose to be healthy, um, I choose to have a group and in this case, as the choice goes, um, it's it's with um, the common welfare of Narcotics Anonymous. Um, and the more I take care of myself, the more I'm able to take care of, you see what I mean? Like it just, it grows. Like I start with a little thing and then um, once I get, for instance, once I get good at it, whatever, sharing the message, once I, I get my, um, if this ever happens, then I get my, <laughs> then I get my message down. I can go to H and I, and I can share that kind of, you know, I mean, like just stake Once I know my story, I can tell you my story, you know, I mean, and that kind of stuff. So, um, oh my gosh. Um, and like a lot of my, some of my choices are still based in fear. I mean, and that to me, that's, that's it where it's like, I'm a big isolationist. And, but also I do need some downtime too. So there's a, there's a, like a weird thing in there. Um, and so when I'm in fear, like a lot of times going to a meeting doesn't sound good, you know? Um, and so that, that kind of stuff is, um, yeah. And what it sounds like is so-and-so is an asshole and I don't want to listen to him anymore. That's what it sounds like, you know, or that meeting is too far away and I'm tired of those people and they hate me and whatever, whatever. Um, I didn't hear the message in that meeting last time I went, you know, and that kind of stuff. And, and I guess my answer to that is, if you didn't hear a message, why didn't you carry one? But, um, and then finally that part about how can I reconcile my personal autonomy with my fear of being judged? So if I let you know who I am, you're not gonna like me. 
here's the thing. There's a shitload of people on this fellowship. The idea that absolutely everybody's not going to like me doesn't really about it. <laughs> doesn't really make sense. Um, and uh, I think I've said it before. If you're afraid of being judged, if you don't want to, you know, getting clean, telling the truth, whatever it is, somebody judging you really doesn't actually, um, it's not worth losing your life over, you know? And so like, uh, one of the things for me is it's important for me to live authentically, not because I'm like some spiritual guru, but because I found out that if I don't live my life authentically, I get surrounded by a bunch of people who say they like me, but they don't really know who I am. And when shit hits the fan, um, I don't have my people. And that's because I, I didn't actually let them in, you know, if that makes sense. That's my example of that. Thanks. Eckers comments, bro. What's up, Eric? Hey, so um, <clears throat> I like this question a lot, actually. Uh, Maybe uh, contemplate a bit and how can I exercise personal autonomy in a way that benefits our common welfare? And I think that, uh, you know, and earlier it talks about autonomy, allowing us to be ourselves. And it's precisely by being ourselves that we're best able to carry the message. And so like, what that means to me is like creative freedom, you know, and what's cool about NA is that like, there's, there's so many ways to serve, you know what I mean? And like, so I can, I can make all these different choices, man. You know what I mean? I can go check something out and try this and try that and, um, and see what works good for me. And then when, when something isn't working good for me or it's getting stagnant, you know what I mean? I can try something else and I can, I don't have to just do one thing at a time. I can do multiple things, be involved in, a, in all kinds of different ways. And then I like this next part of the question, especially in what ways could my choices seem to compromise my relationship with NA? That seemed to me is like a key part of that sentence because I think a lot of that's in my head. You know what I mean? And if I, if I fuck up enough around here, I'll start separating myself from everybody. You know what I mean? If I feel judged enough or if I'm seeing the differences instead of the similarities, man, like I can think myself right out of narcotics anonymous, man. And, uh, and that's on my side. You know what I mean? It's not the fellowship side. that's that's pushing me out. That's, that's in my head. Uh, and so it goes right into the third part of this. How can I reconcile my personal autonomy and my fear of being judged? And like, like I heard it said, you know what I mean? Like, I think it's, you know, why do I have a fear of being judged? It's going to happen. And I, and I, I look back and I think of the times like I saw old timers or my predecessors and I put them on pedestals, right? When I first come around here, I'm share, share real good. Then I get to know people and guess what? They're fucking people, right? And suddenly I'm judging, you know what I mean? And suddenly they're far and they're down off the pedestal, you know, and I've got to reconcile that myself, man. And so I could see that easily happening um, somewhere else. You know what I mean? So people take, uh, you know, bits and pieces of what they know about somebody in form of judgment based on that. Well, you know, that's just going to happen. So that's how I reconcile it. Thanks, Alicia. Thanks, bro. So, Melissa? Yeah, um, I like I like this question, too, um, especially the first part. Um, how can I access personal autonomy in ways that benefit our common welfare? So, yeah, like that creative freedom that Eric was talking about. Like, I feel like I have that so much when it comes to being of service. Like I can choose and find out really, I can I can find out what works for me and like what my favorite parts of service are. Right now I'm doing one that I don't really care for. I'll just be honest, but it's a year long commitment and I'm not giving it up. You know, um, it's not causing harm in my life. So I'm just gonna do my term and I'm gonna go back to some things that I love a little more, you know? And um. That, that's just so great to me, though, that I, I get to choose, like, in what way I'm going to give back and um, fuel the fellowship, you know, and it gives me back so much as well. So, and, like, in those areas that I'm good at giving back in, I'm able to um, really just serve the fellowship more, right? And when I, for me, when I enjoy it, I'm able to give more of myself. So, so that's important. For me to have like found those things that work for me and th this one was a little tough I like what Eric said about the word seem because I didn't see that word in there at all like I'm like oh goodness this is a tough question so you know I, I thought about it on like a personal level I do a lot in Narcotics Anonymous uh, I mentioned a few things already and I'm also involved in area um, region and this and that and sometimes um, 
I can put so much on my plate that I can feel overwhelmed and I call it NA, but really it's my choices, like picking up too much, you know, and um, that's, in, that's also in my head, you know, <laughs> you might be an addict if you make a list of all your service positions and see, you know, <laughs> like I've had to do that and really kind of just look at like when certain ones are passing and, you know, if, um, anyway, so yeah, that's, that's something for me that I've actually had to, um, really look at and it's not, it's not actually detrimental. It's like, like Eric was saying, like, it's in my head of, it's a way to like separate me from, from NA, um, like Brooke was talking about that isolation, like, okay, this is too much. The next thing, like, just like, you know, a real addict, I throw my hands up. I can't do this anymore. Granted, I haven't done that actually ever in narcotics and honest, thank goodness. But um, sometimes my head will run wild, you know, for about five minutes. And um, reconciling that is actually important because otherwise I'd be like pushed out from NA, dropping all service positions. Next thing you know, you don't hear from me and I'm not doing what it takes to stay clean, you know. Um, but I don't, I'm not doing that because it's actually a gift to be able to be of service. And how do I reconcile my personal and our autonomy with my fear of being judged? So, you know, the, the, what came to mind for me is um, being in college and not being able to make all the meetings that um, I'd like to or that I once was because, you know, you have exams, you have tests, you have to study, you know, just it's just a balance, right? And I like think that like people are going to judge me because I'm not at this meeting or I'm not doing that or, you know, like they think I'm not doing too much. And first of all, why do I think that? Because I think that about other people just being honest, you know, and so that, you know, I like to uh, what what is that? Douglas, you know, I had to speak on the first time I ever spoke on the podcast. I talked about that, um, like basically seeing yourself and others with the name of the podcast. And boy, did I hate that. But I don't like it because but I do that. Right. And so how do I reconcile that? Well, I know that it's not true. Right. I know if I'm, I'm doing my best in my recovery, um, that it doesn't really matter what people think. You know, and I loved what Eric said about like, not everybody's going to like you. So did Brooke, like not everybody's going to like you. Now, when I first got here, that felt terrible, you know, but I, I've gotten more mature just like naturally, I think, and also done a lot of work on it. And like, I'm in a place of much more acceptance of like, I don't need to be accepted by everyone, you know? And um, I mean, really just like acceptance about like, it's fine if people judge me, like it's okay. You know, I'm staying clean and I'm doing what I need to do and it's not actually harming me. So that's all I got. Thanks. Thanks for those comments, Melissa. And equally as important to, you know, in the same vein of understanding, hey, people aren't going to, aren't going to like you, but there are people who do, you know, and there are yes. people who believe in you, right? And link mm -hmm. up with those people and kind of, and once you build those connections, yeah. right, fuck it, you know, I can take a few, I can take a few that ain't, you know, that ain't rocking with me and it's all good. All right, what's up, Phil? I'll be real quick. Uh, that that was a lot of good stuff, and uh, yeah, there was a bunch of things that uh, caught me in uh, that too, and, and with with the personal uh, autonomy and ways that it benefits our common welfare. And one of the things that uh, uh, main things I could think of of was uh, was step work and the application of uh, our spiritual principles and all my affairs, and just me being spiritually centered, you know. The, the benefits um, uh, uh, NA of the common welfare um, as a whole. It benefits the home groups, the service structure, the 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 whole thing as a whole. It's it's how I'm spiritually centered, you know, uh, in ways that um, that could my choices uh, seem to compromise my relationships uh, with with NA. Um, my stuff is squared up, um, um, you know, like meaning I've 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 done my uh, uh, step work through through the through the day. I mean, prayer, meditation, uh, um, you know, the the goodwill thing, uh, just being centered uh, um, that way. That it, it seems to me 
me, I'm like in a good space and I can be be in um, a good space with, with other members and things uh, uh, in NA. And uh, that makes a good relationship. The relationship, uh, um, you know, with, with the people is cool. I always need to consi always consider the source. You know, people's a source, my higher power's a source, uh, sponsorship's a source, and uh, and uh, whatever. But um, but and it's back to how do I reconcile my personal autonomy and the fear of being judged? Um, uh, I judge. Uh, I don't want to judge harshly, and I think that's the difference uh, in my judging. And I shouldn't be judging uh, at all. Uh, I always say this. I'm not judging. I'm just saying. Saying. I'm just saying. I'm not judging. I'm just saying. Which sort of like uh, relieves the, um, the thing uh, for me. Um, I just know from... Um, our, our literature and things, uh, judge, judging, just this isn't a cool thing for, for me to be doing. But for me to get judged, uh, I, I, I'm sure I have been judged from day one to this present day, especially doing service work, uh, getting judged and, and just just doing things. And, um, and I can't say that I'm, I'm not because uh, being, being at uh, uh, air service and that, there's a, a bunch of uh, shots that come across the bow aimed at me but it's it's my fear of being judged uh i still need to consider the source you know and 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 the sources you know the god my understanding my sponsor and other supportive things that surround me with positive energy and things that's that that's flowing that i can tap into and uh go to and that's all i got thanks for those comments phil our folks Number five, what does this tradition help me understand? Or I'm sorry, how does this tradition help me understand anonymity? How does anonym, anonymity help me understand this tradition? Do I practice anonymity in terms of this tradition? Who wants to start us off? I'm not reading that question again. There's too many anonymities in there. So, all right, Don, jump in. All right, we're just gonna wing it here a little bit. Um, so the way we understand anonymity within the fellowship is that we're all equal, right? There's no one voice greater than another. There's no one person, no one person that's more important than another, that kind of stuff. So um, understanding that uh, the group's uh, um, experience and opinion uh, when it comes to the group is more important than mine. Um, uh, that's helpful for me, um, knowing that, uh, just because I have a strong opinion doesn't mean I'm right, you know, uh, for the whole group that helps me with anonymity as well. Um, again, you know, I have a strong enough personality that I can force the issue, but, but I, I'm really never happy with the outcome when that kind of thing comes along. And, um, and how do I practice anonymity in terms of this tradition? I was going to go back to um, what it said in here. I love this. It says, I, in the, on the back of the first page, it says, uh, understanding and accepting ourselves is a gift of recovery. Anonymity allows us to express who we are with integrity and carry message, the truth of our own experience in our own ways. So. Um, it's not that my story doesn't matter. It's not that my opinion doesn't matter. It's just not the only one. One of the things that I was thinking about last week and I didn't say it was um, we got off on a conversation and we need to come here and share our own stories. We need to come here and share what's true for us and not what I heard Joe Blow say or what I think, you know, you know I don't tell people what my sponsor says very often. Every once in a while I tell a joke, but... <laughs> about Alice, but, uh, um, but that, you know, uh, that this, these principles in here really encourages us to come and be ourselves here, but to be part of a, gr a greater whole 
And there is so much freedom that comes with that. You know, this, this tradition gives us a, an outline uh, and lets us know that we're free to practice our program the way we want, but it also gives us guidelines that keeps the fellowship safe from us and our personalities, from us and, you know, the way we would want things to be. So um, do I practice anonymity in terms of this tradition? I should, gosh, I sure hope so. I was in a, um, a service committee meeting last week and, um, and got into a, a bit of a personality clash with somebody who didn't think it was their job to come to the committee and let us know when they're having the next subcommittee meeting, like because he, he didn't want people to come and try to take over or meaning me. He didn't want me to come to his, his subcommittee meeting and for me to take over, which I, I'm not sure where he got that from, but okay. And, uh, um, and uh, I, I stopped, right? I just kept taking notes and I didn't react to it. And then later on, I just called him. I'm like, uh, what, what's going on here? He goes, so, well, I'm the single point of accountability for the subcommittee. It's like, yes, you are, but you're not, your subcommittee is still responsible to the committee as a whole. And um, we need to come together. We need to put on this convention. We need to do this together, right? And um, I didn't have to argue with him. I didn't have to fight with him. I didn't have to put him down. And he didn't have, to, you know, and he apologized for his words earlier. And, um, and, uh, I have no intention of going to his subcommittee and taking over. I don't want to, he's doing a good job, right? But, uh, but it doesn't mean that we're not accountable to each other. So um, I, th I think that was a good uh, use of this tradition in terms of like um, the, his, his opinion about how it's supposed to be is not more important than the groups either, right? And neither was mine, um, but you know, just talking to each other was helpful, so thanks. Thanks, Donna. What's up, Carl? I just think it's um, <clears throat> the part of anonymity about autonomy. It's funny because we're always talking about, you know, where we got clean. That's the right way to do it, you know? And I think that's a big part of that anonymity is not taking on personality traits or, um, you know, it's that uniqueness, but not uniformity. And I think I love how NA conjures up this. It's like each meeting is almost like, I wouldn't say an individual, but it's like humankind. You know, it's every human being is different and that's what makes it great. And I love that NA captures autonomy and anonymity in that way. You know, and it's funny how human beings, we like go to meetings for a while and we're like, y'all are doing it fucking wrong, you know, and, and we try to change them just like human beings try to do to each other. And I love, um, I've been writing on a 12 tradition and it's been really making me reflect on like how much of my personality carries my decision-making, you know, and when I enter a situation, it really does. I mean, and, and so learning more and more and more to practice principles and, and rather than like making decisions based on my personality. Um, so it's like, I love it. in the NA book out says a personality change is what we really needed. <laughs> God damn, that was true. So that's it. Thanks. Thanks for the comments, Carl. All right, folks, we're going to drop down number six. Uh, describe any bridges between this tradition and one or more of the 12 steps. And what do these bridges teach me uh, about my recovery? I'm going to make this connection here with, with this. I think this tradition, uh, I can relate to, to this to, uh, to step 12, uh, the second and the third part of step 12. Whereas, um, so, so we try to carry this message to, to addicts. I can, I can look at this group autonomy piece. Um, the first, the, my home group that I had the first seven years, we, we, we had the, um, a group conscience of we're using the seven tradition money to, uh, to buy coffee and um, on anniversary nights to buy cake. And uh, that was part of 
hey, look, this is how this is how we're hearing the message, and it was good. Uh, so everything was fine. And then other home groups I've had along the way, it was just the conscious of the group, man, fuck that. We ain't, you know, people can chip in if they want coffee and, and you know, cookies or snacks or, you know, whatever. And it was good and it was right. And so in both scenarios, uh, they were right. How Now, how where the bridge comes in at is, is the principle that I practice in all my affairs for this is I need to be flexible. Phil and Eric, we were, we were talking a little bit uh, last week or the week before about that, you know, after the meeting or after the study. And it was like, hey, but, but that's the tie in here. I can, I, can, I can live according to these spiritual principles and practice, and practice that, that principle of flexibility and be right and, be, and, and feel like, hey, I'm doing the right thing if I'm with a group that says, all right, fuck it, we're going to buy cake, you know, every week with the seven tradition money or nope, that's it. You know, it's like we're not keeping any prudent reserve. We're kicking everything up, you know, this and that. Um, as long as it still goes, you know, and, and, and Brooke, I, th- I thought that was beautiful how you, how you kind of summed it up on the earlier question, the motive behind it. My motive is to align with the greater good that I think I'm covered um, and, and the HP isn't trying to get me on a technicality. You know, so those are going to be my comments on that. Anybody else want to jump in? We're in question number six. Yeah, Eric and then Phil. Yeah, I'll, I'll make mine quick. I, I just had a little bit to add. I, I also immediately thought of step 12. That's probably to continue on with the uh, creative freedom piece. You know what I mean? And uh, and something somebody said in a meeting tonight that I was at, and it's from the basic text, and I, I'm going to paraphrase, of course, but it said, humility is as important to recovery as like air and water is to living. You know what I mean? And so that's what that teaches me about my recovery, right? Is like to strive for humility. And um, yeah, that's all I got. All right, thanks, bro. What's up, Phil? You're muted, Phil. Sorry about that. Sorry. Um, yeah, I'm gonna be real quick too. Um, yeah, I I thought of tradition um, twelve too, and just all the spiritual principles. Uh, 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 in in the steps and you know and the structure and things in the steps to carry it uh, to to bridge it to carry it over to um um to that um tradition and uh there's just some uh it's it's like I said uh, previously it's still considering the source and making the situation better for for myself the members and um, other things and that's what what the steps teach me along with the traditions that's all i got what's up car yeah i love that the steps and traditions really do kind of align with one another you know and so fourth step is truly about you know a fearless moral inventory but really more or less like you know assets defects like really starting to really look at assets liabilities like who am i you know and i love um, I love the end of a four step, you know, cause you've written, you know, your past and your feelings and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden it shifts into like assets, you know, and it starts really kind of pushing me to focus. And then, um, but I think that, and we've talked about it so much about these groups and how like each different area has its own group that works for it, that area. You know what I mean? It's like where people get clean, it kind of takes on its own autonomous. And, and it's like the fourth step, it talks about in the literature, it says it's the turning point in our recovery. You know, and I truly believe that because I'm getting to know who I truly am, like who is authentically me, you know, by looking at myself at a much deeper level and looking at my past and clearing out the wreckage, then I can be become an autonomous individual and I don't have to act like anybody else. I don't have to, because I start to become more comfortable with who I am. You know, I'm clearing out my resentments. I'm clearing out these, I'm recognizing feelings and emotions. And, um, and I just love that. And that's like, it, the bridges uh, teach me, you know, it teaches me that it's okay to be me. And I've always had a problem with being me, you know, and since I was like a really little kid, you know, I always wanted a different name. I was like, 
fuck, man, what kind of name is Carl? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's such a boring ass name. You know, I just wanted to be named like Chris, like everybody else. <laughs> I used to love like Jason and Chris. You know, I had all these friends named Jason and Chris. And, uh, but um, yeah, it's okay to be me. You know what I'm saying? It's okay to be Carl with a K. So, love y'all. Oh, Melissa. Yeah, I got a I got a kick out of that, Carl. You know, um, I used to want my name to be like what I considered a normal name, like uh, Samantha or Victoria. Which I don't know why I picked those names, because not everybody was also named that anyway. But Melissa, most people can't even say. So anyway, I completely understand that. Um, but yeah, so you took my step. I was thinking number four also, but don't worry, I got a backup. So step two, right? Um, we practice autonomy and like what we believe in and um, like we came to believe they don't tell you how to come to believe like the, you know you can ask for suggestions or how did you figure this out or you know um, what does that mean to you but like you know we are called we're not called to like push that on anybody in fact quite the opposite you know um, and so that that's another thing that had popped out to me and um what does sanity look like? We all have our own definitions of that as well. So um, I thought that was like a really good connection there. And I, I appreciate y'all sharing on 12 and four because I had to look a little bit deeper for, for that understanding of that. So thanks. Thanks, Melissa. All right, folks, drop down number seven. So what more can I do to put the principles of this tradition into action? And how would applying this tradition change my attitudes and actions? Did you want to jump in and kick us off? I'll come to you afterwards, Carl. Hi, everybody. Uh, Des here from Wisconsin. Um, yeah, I, I think, hmm, what can I do to put the principles of this tradition into action and uh, applying this tradition, change my attitudes and actions? Well, I just want to say, First, a blanket statement um, for me, whenever I um, need to change my attitudes and actions, I need to apply traditions. So applying this tradition, of course, would work, but um, I really need to step back and apply traditions when I'm, when I'm having a, a mind-altering change of feelings where I, I like put my foot down and I'm like, no, I'm going to, I want to sit in this, how I'm feeling. And I'm not going to allow myself the, the ability to connect with my higher power, to connect with the group, to think about other people, because in this moment I'm right. And then I have to step back and apply traditions, especially um, like, like this tradition, for sure, the autonomy, the, the allowing, allowing us to um, always be autonomous while at the same time always looking out for narcotics anonymous and and a lot of times just having my strong opinion isn't like that's not always doing that like I have that human factor in there you know and um as far as applying the principles there's there's a uh, I love I love that narcotics anonymous is um transitioning all the time and ever-changing and right now we're super, super into principles. And I think that's really cool. I used to have a home group where we had a bag of spiritual principles and we would pass them around the room and pull out a spiritual principle and that would be your topic. And, you know, we were addicts, right? We couldn't just pull out one. We had to pull out three because sometimes people didn't like the one they pulled out because it was probably the one they had to talk about. But um, we were doing that like like years ago, like probably, you know, 15, 20 years ago, and people were like, oh, we don't really like this group because we don't like to talk about the principles. And now everybody's talking about the principles and it's so cool, you know, so I'm really grateful for that. And I remember um, scouring through the literature, looking for the definitions of the principles in the literature, you know, where we had a, a, a group at a treatment facility, a Sunday night group in a town called Kewaskum, give you a little Wisconsin information there. And uh, we used to talk about spiritual principles and we would, we would find literature that coincided with the spiritual principle and then we would talk about it. And I'm really grateful to, um, 
to the history of NA, that there was people who were willing to do that with me. And, and I was a part of that. And, um, and now we have, you know, new literature that's highly focused on the principles. And, um, and, you know, this book looks so closely at them. And, and I, I just, I just really like, I really like that we do that today. I wanted to say that, but I love um, in this tradition, especially, I love the, the principle of consistency and uh, integrity and freedom. Like those are my three, three big ones for this, this tradition because, um, well, first of all, I didn't have any of that before I got clean and I barely had any of it when I first got clean. And it took me a long time to even stand in my own truth and to stand and feel free enough and, and like I had any integrity to offer anybody. So, so I'm super grateful for that. And, I, and I'm grateful that NA gives um, the ability for a group to be consistent, which then transfers into my life. And then I become consistent when my group is consistent in NA. So thanks. Thanks, Des. What's up, Carl? Yeah, I feel like a lot of the answers can be is <laughs> like as simple as work the steps and traditions, you know, what can I do? Um, but I feel like, so it, it brought a story to mind about autonomy, you know, and um, also anonymity being at the foundation of that, which is, you know, as I started to figure out, like the first step for me, I think about creating like a sense of autonomy and kind of figuring out who I am, what I believe, is I started to really work on the concept of God. You know, I think that that was like my first creative process that I really undertook about what do I actually believe to be, to be true, not what anyone else had told me or I've been brought up with, truly, what do I believe? You know, and I started to read all these books and I read like histories of religion and I read and I got into like anti-theist books and the four horsemen and christopher hitchens and like you know and then i was like hardcore anti-theist in the meetings and <clears throat> and but i started to really if i look back now it's so clear to see anonymity like not being practiced you know i started to really assume the identity of this like anti-theist like fuck god type shit and um and in retrospect, it's so easy to see, like, because I started to feel disconnected from people and disconnect. And I was like, oh, well, shit, maybe it is because I'm not believing in this God. But what I, I failed to see at that time was that it wasn't anything to do with this belief system. It was I wasn't practicing principles anymore. I had lost principles and was bitter. And I think that that's a big piece about it, it kind of it falls into everything. I, like also in NA, like I go to NA, but that's not all I want to talk about. You know what I mean? I go do yoga, but that's not all I want to talk about. You know what I mean? So it's like, how do I practice balance and autonomy and not become all that one thing? And I think that that's been a huge piece in that creative process is not assuming the identity, you know, I want to have a hugely balanced life and I strive to really balance between family, friends, NA, outside hobbies, and it's extremely challenging. But I think the reward of it is, is I'm not assuming like, because I, nothing, I swear to God, it's funny because I don't res I resent <clears throat> a lot of people in NA because it's like all they talk about is NA, you know, and one day I was running, right? So I was running, running with a group and it, it was like, you know, it was outside of NA, but there was two pastors running with this little group, you know, and we were doing a fundraiser. So these two pastors are running and, and like for four miles straight, all they were talking about was Jesus, you know, and scripture. And it's like this dawning of like, you know, NA people talk so much shit about these kind of people, but they're doing the exact same thing and can't even see it. That's all they talk about. It's like assume their identity. You know what I mean? And that's the principle to me, you know, like how do I balance anonymity with autonomy is like, I have a balanced full life, but that's not like 
who I truly am. You know what I mean? It's like, I need to let go. It's that selflessness, that impersonality. Um, because when I come into the rooms of recovery, I can't even, I shouldn't even be sharing about anti-theist type shit. You know what I mean? Like, it just, it's so bitter and it's so separating. And I think that I love letting go of a lot of that stuff now because it does draw me closer and it does create a much more powerful sense of unity you know because i do want to focus i heard it said earlier the similarities not the differences and if i'm creating differences you know i'll definitely find it i'll find myself separated so thanks i'll jump over to question number eight so these next questions are going to be in all in all of our affairs uh, question eight reads, how have I applied this tradition outside of NA? How else might the, pr the principles of this tradition guide my thinking or my actions? Uh, I'll start off on this, and then I think we'll have one or two, time for one or two more. Um, if I look at, I can see this in, in uh, a very clear example of my family unit. Like if I look at myself as kind of like a group, my oldest son is one, my youngest son is one, maybe their mother is one, and then decisions I make, um, I take into to consideration, hey, how does this, it's not just what I want, but how does this affect my, my two sons? And then what, what does our co-parenting relationship look like, especially like career moves and things like this, you know? So, so I can see how, hey, yeah, I could, I could do X, Y, and Z. However, before I make those decisions, I need to, I need to, to be mindful of just for the greater good of the family unit, you know, things like this. So, so that, that was the clearest example that I have of how this, uh, how regularly I apply this outside of, outside of NA. Anybody else want to jump in? Question eight. Melissa. Yeah. So I too thought, um, of my, my daughter, my child, and, um, you know, she's 13 and she's really just kind of starting to um, make some decisions as far as like the type of people that she wants to be around and um, who she wants to be and, you know, and, and all that. And instead of trying to control her, um, just letting her navigate through and make those decisions and just being an example really is the best that I can do for her. And um, just showing her, like I said, being an example and showing her that, um, that independence that I have in my life and um, the type of people that I choose to have in my life is really, um, I think it's helping a lot in that aspect, you know, for her and I, and it's actually a lot more freeing than trying to control um, everything. So that's all I got. Thanks, Melissa. What's up, Chrissy? Yeah, uh, I really like this question. Um, but first of all, I like to say like, with this podcast, I'm grateful because of how it's brought the fourth tradition alive in my life recently. Cause like, I never really did no formal tradition work. And it's just like, wow, my mind is blown with this whole fourth tradition. But um, it even goes, cause the first thought I had was me and my spouse. Like, uh, what do you want to eat for dinner tonight? You ain't gotta eat what I want. What do you want? Something simple as that. But it's even today, it's like this past weekend, I got to participate in an event in which it was something with my personal beliefs, my something I believed in. And for so long, I've hid that behind, you told me I wasn't allowed to believe in these things. And it's it's so much as like getting to be able to practice this and whether it's my, my spiritual beliefs, whether it's my sexuality, whether it's social activism, wherever I wanna practice my autonomy today, I can. And how it goes on to say, how else might it, the principles of this tradition guide me in my thinking or actions. And when I read that, all I could think back to is what Melissa said last week was my rights in where another begins. And like, as long as like I am thinking about that and my autonomy, it goes only to your autonomy. And as long as I'm not stepping on your toes, then we're okay. And like, it goes back to uh, that question about benefiting the common welfare. How does my common welfare affect in all of my areas? Like, I have to think about the other people that I'm affecting because if I run self-will in this autonomy piece, I'm going to end up being self-centered. But if I keep it in, in grounded where it's supposed to be at, I'm going to think about others and others have their right to autonomy just like I do. And that's all I have. Thanks, Christy. Right, thanks for your comments, everybody and folks tune in. 
uh, your action item this week, find somebody who could benefit from this resource uh, provided for them. If you guys listen and want to be a guest, reach out to the to to the administrators on Facebook or, or send a text to the uh, podcast number. Till next time. Thank you for walking with us on this journey. Please reflect on what was discussed and apply it to your life. Share this resource with anyone you feel led to do so.